I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the one more thing, King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? So, I tweeted early this morning, all right, that I'm officially the only time I can play pickup basketball is 6.30 in the morning, years old now, and it's weird. I'm, like, at this weird, like, dad stage, and... It's like, if I'm not at a Mavs game, if I'm not doing my other job stuff, then I need to be at home with my family and my kids, and that's where I want to be. So it's like, man, but I missed the game of basketball, so I got to play. So this morning, I get up, alarm goes off 5.30, leave my house, drive like 45 minutes to play pickup ball at 6.30. We show up to this church gym. And the, and gate, the, lights, the gate is locked. <laughs> the lights don't work. Oh. And this the one day that they picked for the construction crew to work on the circuit breakers for the two gyms at this place. There was no option. We talked to the construction and everything. So we tried to play basketball in the dark. No. Oh, man. Pick up, pick up ball and... We had like doors open to where there's a little bit of light in there. And if you've never played basketball in the dark, I mean, we're talking like passes that you can't see. We're talking like when you shoot threes, like it, the the depth judgment. What happened to the glow in the dark ball? Do you ever have one of those? I had one we of those did, growing up. Did not uh, We did work. not have one of those. And when people would brick shots and then you just like, you only see it when it's right in front of your face. So the ball is hitting people in the face. It was absolutely miserable. And what a tie in because it felt like the Mavericks <laughs> played in the dark tonight. So here you go. I've never, I've never tied in an opening story like that. And, uh, yeah, the Mavericks basically played in the dark. Tonight. What are we? 680 shows in. That was excellent. You're a professional. Isaac Harris, the professional podcaster. Excellent. I'm so proud. <laughs> that was a good story. <laughs> People liked my Florida stories yesterday too. I thought they were dumb, but people enjoyed them. I also yeah, I posted a picture the of the guy. I posted a picture of the Back to the Future guy, by the way. But yeah, so the Mavericks play in the dark tonight. Uh, they get just absolutely destroyed by the Phoenix Suns, one hundred and thirty-three to one hundred and four, and that doesn't even tell the whole story. The final score, losing by twenty-nine, doesn't even tell the full story of this game. So we will do our best to break down this game to a degree. Uh, there's really not a ton you can take from it, but that's what we're going to do. Actually, I think everything happened before the game is worth more like talking about than yeah. the actual game from Kobe stuff, Willie Cauley Stein stuff, like all of that. I care more about that <laughs> than the actual game. So that's what we're going to spend most of our time on. We're going to hear from Willie Cauley Stein later, his opening presser. And so what you'll hear from, uh, from Willie and, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. So. The Mavericks just come out of the gate. I mean, just swinging. 19 points in the first quarter. It might have been one of their worst first quarters ever. Um, Okay, in this game, there's a few things that I am worried about, right? Like, this is a game, okay, this is a game where Mavericks are on the second night of a back-to-back. They're playing this team that has their opposite record almost exactly. And (laughs) I'll scoot over, sorry. 
Yeah. I just sent Nick this picture, and it's my whole my screen is is our Skype screen, and literally I can see like one headphone off of Nick's ear. That's basically all I can see. I'm like, hey, I'm down to say and like talk. There's no reason for us to talk on Skype if I can't see your face. <laughs> Playing basketball in the dark, the Mavericks, and now podcasting in the dark. I can see your ear. Cool. <laughs> um. There's a few things I want to take from this game because the interior defense uh, playing against guys that can score in the post, that's not a new thing, right? Like That's not a new thing that we've been worried about. But DeAndre Ayton had 25 points pretty quick, it felt like, against Porzingis, and that's a thing to watch out for. Uh, Porzingis can defend the rim. He's good at weak side you know, blocks, and he's good at helping, coming over to help. Uh, but the one-on-one defense against a guy like DeAndre Ayton was concerning. I think that was that's one. That's only the real. That's one of the only real things that I'll take from this game. Um, but <laughs> that was a huge negative. <laughs> second night, it's huge negative. But second night of a back to back trap game against a team that has your opposite record. Um, you know, Porzingis was questionable before the game. Luca was was probable, but he's dealing with some kind of injury thing. Um, so you're going back and forth with that. Uh, you know, Dwight Powell, I guess, is still out. I mean, whatever, whatever kind of reasons or excuses you want to give this team, it was kind of a tough game. You know, the first game home since you know Kobe had died is hurt is hitting a lot of people. Uh, the tributes before the game, like, there's just a lot of things that could go against the Mavericks in this game, uh, and they just came out and played their worst game of the season, right? <laughs> just their absolute worst game. It, yeah, it it literally was. I was on the elevator. Um leaving the game and that we were kind of talking about on the elevator with the people who had gone down of that. Yeah. I think this literally was the worst game of the season for the Mavericks and the interior defense part. I mean, we used to joke about Dwight Powell and players that he couldn't guard. And I mean, if we're being honest, KP deserves that same treatment tonight because yeah. Deandre Ayton, um, yeah, I mean, ate his lunch. So, um, he ate his Latvian lunch. Uh, <laughs> I know Suns fans are relishing in this moment because they've gotten forever. The We did not take Luka, and they know that. I'm glad that Aiden had his moment. I, I was always in the camp that Aiden's going to be a good player. I think he is you know, going to be a good player in the league, and he's putting up good points and stuff right now, but it's still not even a conversation. Like, Oh, no. No, what? Who, I, know, but I, feel, who I, feel like I joked about are, that on, on, on the Lockdown Mavs Twitter, but no. No, no, no. I know it's not a question for us, but I still feel like Suns fans are like still holding out. And you know that if we search the dark web right now, there are Suns people <laughs> that are like, yeah, look at DeAndre Ayton. Woo, plus 29 tonight. Beat Luka. Let's go. <laughs> not even the like, dark web. I think you could go on the light web and find that somewhere. Like, congrats. You won. Your twentieth game of the season. Yeah, the thing is, it's in the regular season. It's a, a random game in January, uh, and this right now is the stretch before the All Star break. Right, there's probably two and a half weeks before the All Star break. Uh, this is uh, a stretch yeah, where games this is a team. This is a stretch where teams kind of fall apart a little bit, and they start seeing the, you know the time away ahead of them. Uh, and you can, I think that's something that's extremely relatable as somebody that has had breaks. My wife is you know a teacher, and when she sees the break coming, she's like, oh man. This week is going to be rough. <laughs> that that last to... week before vacation hits, yeah. it's like you're going on like a cruise or yeah. some flying somewhere. You're like that last week, you're not getting anything done. Especially after you've you've worked how many weeks in a row have these Mavericks worked? I mean, they 
they don't get a lot of days off and the some of the days off they yeah. do they have practices or travel or all this stuff like you're looking forward to that day off so and of course always you know they get paid millions of dollars this is why it's they're still fatigue right like they're still you know things that set in all right coming up let's get into maybe the rest of this game anything else we want to take from it and then let's hear from willie collie stein all right isaac um other things from this game devin booker had 20 points in the the third quarter um 48 points in the third quarter for the suns overall devin booker almost outscored this the mavericks by himself <laughs> the mavericks had 22 points devin booker had 20 um I think I okay. Here's another thing I'll question. I don't know if I'm going to take this away from this game, but for the Mavericks, beginning of the game, refs, you know, the calls aren't going their way. It was a rough game, you know, refs wise. Luca got a tech early. Carlisle got a tech early. Freaking Tim Hardaway Jr. got a tech on his way to the locker room. I didn't even know. You, I could. I didn't even know yeah, you could do I knew that. that. I knew it was called. I couldn't figure. I thought it was on a Suns player because. Everybody was exiting the court. You know, some players, it, it typically does happen to where a lot of players or like a handful of players uh, sometimes at the end of the half will stay, you know, stay on the court for a bit and talk to a ref. You know, Luca does it sometimes, different players. And like I heard the whistle like blow and like people were like, there's all your people like in the tunnel. I'm like, what the crap? And I saw the ref down there doing like the tech motion, you know, to the scores table. And so I didn't know who it was. So I was curious coming out of the half, nobody could report it and anything to have to have. Cause nobody knew. And then, yeah, end up being Tim Hardaway. That ref, I don't know if somebody tweeted out his name is McMahon or somebody. Guthrie. I, never, I, think it, I think it was David Guthrie. I thought it was the last name was Ford, but Holy crap. Did he love his whistle? I mean, this dude was calling everything oh, at the beginning. Um, the Luca Tech, I mean, I, I feel like they're going to fight and try to get that rescinded because I didn't understand that one. Maybe I it was, missed something. It was really quick. And the thing is, we've seen Luca complain so much like that. Yes. You know, and it's it seems pretty innocuous when he does it. But I guess, I guess with a certain ref, they don't want that. And maybe they wanted to try and nip it in the, you know, the bud, like at the very beginning of the game. I thought he wasn't even, like. Luca one, wasn't looking at the ref. No, he was not. Yeah. I, I thought that was weird, and it was so quick and so early on. Like normally, you know, maybe it's like a build up to attack, and but I don't obviously I don't know what he said, but yeah, the Rick stuff, some of the just the like foul calls, and I I thought they just the whole crew called it really tight at the very beginning, and that was just uh, kind of weird. But that one that one ref in particular though, man, he was uh, he was frustrating. Yeah, but that was tough, and so I, I wonder if. That getting into the Mavericks' heads, or at least Luca's and Carlisle's head, uh, I wonder if that had an effect on this entire game. Um, you can still it s- did, but I, I don't s- want the, I don't want people to think that like this this was beyond refs. Like this wasn't about foul calls and stuff. This loss was beyond them in my mind. But so, it seemed like they this- had lost it from the start, right? Like. Yeah, I think it definitely played into the, not really chemistry, but like just the personality of the team tonight. And I think Luca did get wrapped up into it, uh, you know, early. I think other people fed off that. Um, yeah, I honestly, we were texting about like, hey, let's place, place bets on who's going to get thrown out first. <laughs> and I thought for sure Luke, this was going to be Luca's, hey, I'm going to get tossed. It was a classic. Rick Carlisle get tossed in the third to try to like jolt your team type of game. And yeah. I thought it was going to happen, but it didn't. And it was too far gone in the third quarter by then. Yeah. At that point he was just standing there. It was just, I mean, it was like demoralizing to a point. I mean, I just didn't 
Like they were just throwing the ball out of bounds. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm watching right now. It was it was by far the worst performance of the year for the Mavericks. Like th- t- tonight was worse than the Knicks games for for me as far as yeah. worst performance. But I'm kind of stuck in between of you know Lucas said after the game say hey we don't want to like like that we're we're throwing this game away. I'm kind of stuck in between of yeah you gotta throw it away. But you can't ignore it either. And it's like, where can what? Where's the line of, hey, we gotta learn, we gotta figure something out at home because the home record, it's wild. It's I no, you can't explain it. And yeah, I don't, I don't think we should fully toss it. But I don't think you can pull like a ton of crap out of this game either. I'm like in between, if it makes sense. Yeah, the Mavericks' home record right now, uh, thirteen and twelve. That's crazy. Uh, and that, I mean, that, I just don't even know how to explain that. I mean, it, it, that's, that's, that has to be a mental thing or maybe just matchups. Like maybe if we went through and they've played harder teams at home than they have on the road so far, you'd have to go game by game and schedule, strength of schedule and all that stuff. Like you'd have to try and figure that out. But um, yeah, that's just, a, that's a crazy stat that's sort of unexplainable. I think, imagine if you're a Mavs fan and you had season tickets, but you didn't watch away games on TV. <laughs> and you're like, this team sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, and if like you didn't watch away games, but it, because it, it's so weird, you see stuff like the Portland game and some of these big games performances, <laughs> LA win by 14. Yeah. You see them just play the the top of their game. And then when they play at home right now, it's just, it, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like the clutch thing. Is it in their head right now? I, I don't know. Yeah. That's something we'd have to do a little bit more research to try and figure out. Uh, yeah. But it, ex- it exposed, you know, maybe potentially a weakness with refs getting in their heads. Potentially. I don't think that that's a huge takeaway. Uh, it exposed a weakness of guarding a player inside, you know, a big man that can score around the rim. That ex- exposed that kind of a weakness. Devin Booker going off is like, it, and that 48-point quarter kind of exposed that this Mavericks team can, it's a slippery slope with this Mavericks team that if you start scoring on them, then it comes in bunches. And the, Ma- and the Mavericks can come back. They can come back from, you know, down a lot of points. They've done it before. But at a certain point, they just let up so much that they're so far behind that it's not worth it. Um, so it was just kind of a perfect storm. Also, the Mavericks weren't hitting their threes in this game. And, you know, you kind of live by the three, die by the three. If they're not going to hit in this game, especially early, what did they finish? Uh, yeah, they finished seven of 33. So it's not like they chucked up 50 of them or anything like that. But, um, yeah, seven of 33, and they did not shoot well early. Uh, that was also kind of a thing where if they're not hitting shots, then they're not scoring. And so that it, it exposed that maybe a little bit too. Uh, and so it was like every, it was a perfect storm of all the different. They're, they're also not good on back to backs in general. Not good, at, not good on back to backs. Not good at home when they don't shoot well. They don't play well. Uh, not good against interior scores. Like there's just so many things that went wrong in this game. If you were a better and you bet the Mavericks in this game, you probably were kicking yourself after this. Yeah, and you know, long time uh, uh, Suns. I guess reporter, radio guy, uh, Gambo, you know, for them, I saw him him tweet out in the second half, and he, he basically said, I don't have to tweet in front of me, but he basically said something along the lines of, this is the best the Suns have played all year, and the Mavericks look like a really tired team. And yeah. I think that, that statement right there shows you a little bit, because I think the Mavericks did look uh, really tired in that. But going to the, like, the third quarter run that the Suns put on, it's that, those type of moments 
that, and I'm not saying that somebody like an Andre Iguodala or somebody like that would just stop the run completely, but it's those type of moments that inexperience, I think, and I still, I get stuck on this because I think when you do, when inexperience does happen and, you know, or it does happen. And when you have, you know, you don't have that experience and those type of runs and that, I mean, it just felt so like ever it was in everybody's head at that time. You need somebody to just calm you down. That's been there and say, Hey, like, this is good. And that's kind of what JJ Brand did when they put him in. Like, you know, we we joked about yeah. the like we we should have tweeted out. Somebody tweeted at us before and before he came in and said, "Is it time for the Berea signal, Brad bat <laughs> signal?" And I didn't tweet it out, and I should have. And so then he came in, and he came in. What did he do? He immediately gave him a spark. He had some big plays. Dirk, you know, was you know cheering him on. Luca, uh, he had some really cool moments with that. So it's just. You can only, you know, ride that Berea wave so long. And, yeah, that third quarter was just – there was no coming back from it. But, really, it started – it's funny. I tweeted out after the first quarter, and I said the Mavs' first quarter was blank. And, you know, it's different people replying right. with gifts, whatever. And people came back to that tweet and started replying and saying – better than the next three quarters. <laughs> and I started cracking up at that point. I'm like, all right, that's a good one. I, I, I appreciate that at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, this game we kind of just throw out. We did get the first appearance of Willie Colley-Stein. Uh, he came in the first quarter, the four-minute mark, or four-minute and 20-second mark. Uh, and as soon as he came in, DeAndre Ayton got a three-second defensive, three-second violation because Willie Colley-Stein was standing about 18 feet from the basket, and you don't have to guard Willie out there. And so DeAndre Ayton was just standing in the paint, giving him his his space, and he forgot to move. And so the Mavericks got a point out of that. So, yeah, and you know, <laughs> we're excited to see you know him play tonight. Um, Rick was asked uh, pregame about his availability. He's like, um, he's active, he's available to play. So <laughs> anybody who wears a jersey can uh, is available to play. I'm like, okay. And cool, uh, so that was fun. So we didn't know, uh, we didn't know for sure how much he was going to play in the game, but you know, he got out there and you know, it was like a second time down the court was kind of like a mini fast break. And you saw him like in full sprint. I'm like, you look like a gazelle out there. Like, <laughs> I mean, he can run the floor. And that's one of the things we pointed out as far as this like transition numbers and uh, he can run the floor, you know, pretty well. And, so, you know, he missed the dunk there. Uh, Luca tried to throw him a lob one time, but just kind of overshot it. You know, he's still uh, he's still just trying to learn everything, too. Literally, I mean, Carl on them's calling it the crash course that he's been on. They said he, you know, he came early this morning. They didn't have a shoot around this morning. You know, the Mavericks don't. They, you know, kind of did away with them. They kind of have their own versions of that. But, you know, Rick said that, you know, Willie was at the arena this morning, early this morning, getting shots up, practicing with the interns and all this stuff. And uh, Rick got some more questions about like the interns pregame. And it was kind of funny. Like, you know, did he look good against the interns? Like, <laughs> and, uh, and that was, that was fun. And he said, he just like the interns. What if Rick said just, no? He, <laughs> uh, well, he said he, he, he did clarify this. And it was funny. He said the interns, play like as his teammates because he and he praised the interns a lot and he said they know all of our like plays and systems too to where they can like run it like we run it and all that and he said it wasn't like Boban he's like Boban literally scrimmages against them every day and (laughs) you know he talks about he he joked about you know no one ever uh, or doesn't practice against them more than Boban and he's like literally Boban scrimmages against them every (laughs) single day and so he said it wasn't that but yeah, it was it was fun to see um, Willie's debut, and 
Did you hear uh, Derek Harper when uh, Willie missed that dunk? No. Okay, this is for everybody. This is just a special moment. This is when Willie Cauley-Stein, in the, just about the four-minute mark in the first quarter, misses a dunk like right under the rim. He, he gets the ball, and he's about to go up, and he misses this dunk. <laughs> no he didn't like you know what he's you know what he means where he goes Trent, up for a Trent's pissed you know <laughs> you know what he means he's going up for a dunk because he looks like Dwight Powell in the way that he's trying to dunk but the fact that he missed yeah. the dunk and immediately Harp says well he looked just like Dwight Powell when he missed that, <laughs> he missed that no. dunk <laughs> that was great. All right, coming up next, let's hear from Willie Colley Stein and then let's get into some of the stuff he said pregame and his fit with the team. All right, Isaac, let's hear from Willie Colley Stein and uh this is what he said pregame. You want to preface this with anything? Uh no, just the fact that, you know, a lot of times players don't have um scheduled pregame media availability. I try not to talk to players at all pregame because everybody's like in their zone and stuff, but they made this specifically happen because he hadn't got to talk to us yet. And uh, I was curious. I haven't, I've never got to meet him before and talk to him. So I was excited for it. And so we all, yeah, crowded around this locker and uh, he took a bunch of questions and I thought he had some really good answers to questions because it was very evident, very quick that he's excited to be here and he's still a young player and He's never experienced the playoffs and stuff before, and he's excited to join this uh, fun Mavs team. <laughs> here you go. Here's Willie Colley Stein. Willie, can you talk a little bit about um, coming here to Dallas, and do you see this as an opportunity to restart or reignite your career? Uh, I mean, it's, it's for sure, um, you know, a great opportunity to kind of um, restart uh, my career and, and try to find a home. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a perfect spot. Uh, just the way they play kind of fits, um, you know, the strengths of my game. And uh, defensively, there's a lot of um, freedom to, to just create havoc. And, you know, that's what I do. So um, it's going to be fun. Willie, do you feel like you're getting up to speed on the things they want you to do? Are you pretty caught up? It's been a, been a whirlwind. Yeah, it's been a good two days. Uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, I, I got enough under my belt where I could come in and make an impact. Um, and then after that, it's just, you know, comfortability at that point. How do you feel you fit in here, really? I think I fit in great with these guys. Um, you know, the way I play is, uh, I think it, it has the strengths of, you know, what they do. Um, with, the, with the floor so spread um, and, the, and spread pick and rolls, um, you know, with me and Luke or me and any of these dudes, uh, you know, that the way our, our spacing is, is, is deadly. What's Rick your impression Carlisle's of Luka yeah. from afar? Uh, you know what you've seen over the last year and a half, and what it's going to be like you playing with him. Um, incredible pace uh, for twenty. Like his pace is crazy. Uh, you know the way he controls the games. It's, it's fun to watch. It's, and you know it was hard to play against him. Now I'm glad I, I get to play with him. Rick Carlisle's been a pretty positive impact on a lot of guys' careers. How much do you think he can help you in, in finding? maybe that next level uh, I think uh, that's why I'm here um, you know I, I'm a big believer in uh, you know God's plans and um, you know how how the how the, the, the road has gone for me uh, you know I think it's, it's perfect he's the type of coach to, to, to get the best out of his players uh, um, he challenges you every day to get better and um, 
you know, I like that. I like the work. I like the, the challenge um, of coming into a new spot and trying to fit in right away. And, you know, your IQ really gets to come out. And um, I, I, I mean, it's just an exciting time. There you go. Newest Maverick, Willie Cauley-Stein, ready to jumpstart his career. <laughs> you know, like we said, you know, talking about Willie um, the other day after they made the trade, you know, he's he's still just 26. I mean, a lot of these guys on yeah. the roster are still older than him and Maxie and Seth and these guys and Seth Curry, you know, three years older than him. I mean, so in a way, you know, you look at his kind of his short career so far, you know, he's been in Sacramento, he, you know, been playing in Golden State and two teams, you know, he hasn't got to experience the playoffs yet. And he's looking forward to that first playoff series and what it looks like he's going to get this year. And it's just kind of just leading up. He's never been on a team above 500 before. That's true. Right? I, I guess. I'm going to look it up. I guess so. Um, Not at least to finish the season. He's never been in a winning situation. Let's just leave it at that. Played in Sacramento this year with Golden State and that was it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I liked him kind of just recognizing that, saying, yeah, it's kind of a, a place, you know, him using the term trying to find a home, like, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. finding a, find a home here in Dallas, using the word restart, you know, his career some. And, you know, the the role that you would try to define for somebody like Kali Stein, that's the exact role that the Mavericks want at their five spot. And so in his mind, in Maverick's mind, yeah, it's a, it's a, a, you know, a puzzle piece fit in that of, Hey, everything we want in the five spot, this is the strengths of Willie Cauley Stein. So, and he recognizes that. And as a big man who has those strengths, you would love to play with a guy like Luca. And I love that. He said, you know, it was hard to play against him, but now I get to play with him and he Mm. likes being on this side. So that, that part was cool. Yeah. And it was cool that he said he plays with pace, you know, and talked about the the pace. It's that's the, you know, the word pace or the word control is a word that we've been using a lot and him recognizing that and understanding that, you know, playing well with Luca could be huge for his career and could, you know, be awesome for him. Uh, so that was huge too. So, all right, anything else from this I, I w- game? Or Yeah, you always got one more thing. I do. I got two more things. Oh, uh, two more. He There's a part that I, I didn't get on the audio of that because I actually took a video of it but because um, I just video recorded some of the end of it. And he was asked about Justin Jackson. So, you know, he, he has a relationship with Justin Jackson because they both played in Sacramento, you know, together. And he said that he, he was reminiscing back last year when the trade went down and Justin came to Dallas. He said he talked to Justin a short time after that. And he's talking about how excited Justin was. Justin had played in Dallas a little bit, you know, after that. And he said, I talked to Justin. Justin was talking about how exciting it was to play in this offense and to play in Dallas. And he was hyping it up a lot and stuff. So he said, I saw the excitement Justin had back then. He said, and then obviously when this trade came through, I knew it was going to be a good fit and how he, how excited he was for that too. And uh, Dwayne Price came in with the haymaker (laughs) at the end about, uh, Hey, you were on like a UK team that had you know five first round picks. Why didn't you win the title? <laughs> and I start cracking up. We all laughed about it because the head of PR for the Mavericks is a Kentucky graduate, and uh, the question came out of nowhere. And we're all like joking about it and stuff. And uh, he had a pretty good response about that. It's like, hey, you never know. But uh, he seems like a nice guy. I uh, got to talk to him just briefly after that scrum, just introduce myself and welcome him to Dallas and a few things about Kentucky, whatever. And he just seems like a joy to be around. So I'm happy to have him in the locker room on the court and everything and see him in like a defined role. But last, last thing, and we briefly touched on it a little bit, but 
tonight was obviously Dallas's turn to honor Kobe, oh, yeah. and uh, it was cool. You know, you knew that you know they were going to do something uh, pregame. You saw different players. Um, a lot of Kobe's in, in the locker room before the game, a lot of Kobe's shoes, whether it's players walking in wearing them, players wearing them during the game. Um, I know Luca um, had some stuff uh, written on his shoe tonight. I didn't get to see exactly what he had wrote on his shoe, but I know he had some stuff wrote on his shoes uh, for that. And, you know, leading up to, you know, the you know before the national anthem and uh, basically everyone already stood uh, before the national anthem and everybody was standing. They did the Kobe tribute. The Kobe tribute in Dallas tonight was I'll continue. I found out what Luca wrote in his shoes. Oh, what did he write? Uh, on one side, it said uh, hashtag Mamba, and then it said number eight, number twenty-four, and on the uh, that was on his left shoe, and on the, the the right shoe, it said hashtag Mamba Sita, and it had the number two, which is GG. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Kobe's daughter. Um, but you know the Mavericks took a different route with their like video tribute. They went with the complete silence and. It was chilling. It was awesome. I think it did, you know, it did the moment justice. And, you know, they didn't have any music planned behind it. You know, they asked for a moment of silence. But a lot of times when you get moment of silence at, you know, an event or something, it's, you know, brief, what, five seconds max, you know, of that, you know. But tonight, you know, it was the whole video montage. They had, yeah, I know you can go to Nick's Twitter. I tweeted out a picture from the press box. Um, of what the court looked like. They had graphics on the court of his numbers and stuff, his logo. Um, and then they just, you know, played a bunch of, you know, pictures and stuff on the screen, video stuff. And it was just whenever you have these moments that you have special moments in arenas to where big plays happen and you feel the vibration of the crowd and you have 20,000 people going nuts for a moment. That's a different type of feeling. But when you can get 20,000 people to collectively respect a moment and it be completely silent, it's, it was chilling. Like I get chills kind of like just talking about it right now because, and then you you always got a few dumb people that, you know, try to like start a chant or like holler and stuff or whatever. And it's like, they just ask for the silence. But as soon as the silence ended, they start the game, and that was the other cool moment. They started the game again with the eight-second backcourt violation, 24-second shot clock. And during those moments, you got the Kobe chance. And, you know, we've we've seen them stuff on TV, but it was, you know, obviously my first time in person being, hearing those in person, just hearing thousands of people chanting Kobe, 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 and you know it's not a Lakers game. It's nothing like that. There's a bunch of people there with like Lakers uh, jersey stuff on, Kobe jersey and stuff, and that's awesome. It's so cool to see that and uh, different media people wearing Kobe shoes. The one time wore- it's okay to wear a Kobe jersey to a Mavs game. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I wore some Kobe's tonight. Different media was wearing Kobe's. Rick Carlisle wore a pair of Kobe's tonight. Monty Williams wore Kobe's tonight. Coaching the game, which it looked funny, you know, in their suits and stuff. Uh, the Mavericks coaching staff wore a pin on their coats and stuff tonight, uh, their coat jackets. And it was, um, yeah, it was the Mavericks' turn to, uh, honor, they announced, you know, that nobody, you know, would wear uh, the number 24 again, like we've discussed and stuff. And uh, I thought it was a good, uh, fitting tribute to, uh, to Kobe tonight in Dallas. There you go. Uh, good on the Mavs. Uh, you know, this will continue. I don't know if this will ever end. <laughs> you know, it seems like a, uh, you know, a saga that will continue. We'll continue talking about Kobe. 
because of the impact that he made and that's just the you know the magnitude of it so uh yeah we'll be back tomorrow we'll probably do our finally we'll do our uh every single wing that the mavs could potentially target coming up to this trade deadline so if you're interested in trades wings that the mavericks could target they could definitely have they definitely could have used a good wing good defensive wing in this game against the suns we'll do that tomorrow guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps peace out boom 